You're now listening to J House Podcast Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Making a change today, the liquor been taking the pain away I heard you was giving your chain away, that's kinda like giving your fame away What's wrong with you? I sit in a box where the owners do A boss is a role that I've grown into I love you to death, but I told you the truth I can't just be with you, I'm only you Yeah, I got one Virgil, got one in that dance, the only two Man, how many times have I shown and proved, man? How many nights I've been woke? Yo, what is up, bro? Oh, uh, you know, man, just chilling How are you, my friend? Man, I'm good. Your boy had a, a good workout today. Had a good day, period. You know what I'm saying? About to pay off these student loan debts. About to be debt free. I don't got nothing to complain about. Nothing at all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm proud of you, dude. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it, dog. I appreciate it. Man, I'm hyped for this one. I'm hyped for this one because this is this is this is actually going to be a good conversation. I'm glad you chose this topic. This is going to be. This is this is one of those good ones. This good well, one. well uh, allow me to very briefly explain how I came to this topic because this was kind of a, a thought that I had last night because mm-hmm. I was I was doing some research and I want to run some numbers by you, Eric. This is absolutely insane. So mm-hmm. I, I'm look. I was thinking about it last night. I was looking at like highest grossing movies and whatnot, and I was looking at 2019 because, as you know, 2020. We really didn't have any high-grossing films. Thanks a lot, COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it seems... I mean, I'm going to knock on wood for this one because I'm not going to be the guy to... seems like we're going to get a lot more theater releases this year, and I can't wait. Um, oh, yes, Absolutely. But I was thinking about... Man, 2019 was far and away the most dominant year any production company has ever had in terms of the box office. When you look at the rest of the competition, like right here, I've got the top 10 highest grossing films. And of the top 10, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six films were made by Disney. And then an additional two had, uh, no, my, my mistake, an additional one had a Disney property. So that means there were only three films in the top 10 of 2019 that weren't made by Disney. That's okay. insane. So, so can you clarify for me? Like, okay, because so, the stats I went by, are we going by just a certain year? Of well, hold on. I, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm kind of reeling this all in real quick. Just, okay, clear. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, let I me mean, just listen to this real quick. The, these were the top 10 movies of 2019, going from 10 to 1. Jumanji, that was a Sony movie. But then, you've got three, from 9 to 7, it's three Disney movies in a row. Aladdin, Toy Story 4, Rise of Skywalker. Six was Joker, so that's one of the very few films on here that we can say had no affiliation with Disney. But then, number 5, Captain Marvel. Number 4, Spider-Man Far From Home. Three, two, and one, all Disney, Frozen 2, The Lion King, and of course, the most blatantly obvious one on this whole list, Avengers Endgame. So, I had this thought in my head, like, we've never seen a company in the history of cinema 
reach a point where it's just this company is dominating the box office and then it's everybody else. It's everybody else. I mean, Sony came in second place with two movies in the top 10. So my question is, was what movie company out there can even, you know, make second time? Like what company is out there that Disney might look at and say, okay, they might beat us for number one movie coming up or this franchise might start to become really popular and start think anything's going to the MCU anytime soon. I really don't. I believe that. I think the MCU at this point is so established and so, um, you know, just there and it's here to stay. You know what I mean? I think we just saw Loki had almost a, a million, uh, over a million views on the hour of it being aired. Which I mean, yeah. damn! This is Loki. This is a no offense to the Loki fans, but this isn't even a a top you know tier Marvel character. This isn't Iron Man, Thor, or Captain America. This is just a, a villain spinoff series that's getting this, and yeah. they're not stopping. So my thing is, Eric, what company out there is poised challenge Disney in terms of? box office and in terms of relevancy you know like right. what what movie production company do you see and i mean maybe we need to pull up the the films for 2021 but i'm telling you man like what that's just the question i have like what company do you think disney takes and they look at and say okay this company is our greatest competitor is it sony is it, you know, Warner Brothers? Because well, those, are, those are the only other two companies in this top 10, is Sony and Warner Brothers. So, well, well let's, let's, look, let's look at it like this. I'll say this. Number, right. number one, shout out to Wednesday Pool. Thank you guys for joining the live. I appreciate you. Um, number two, shout out to Henry Cavill. Happy Superman Day. Happy eight-year anniversary to Man of Steel, the masterpiece. Thank you, guys. Whoop. Shout out. Um to your question, because if we're talking about in the current moment, if we're talking about in the current moment of studio business and we're talking from a business standpoint as of right now, I think that it's just one. It's a matter of property, if that right. makes sense. Because when Disney came into the fold of getting Star Wars from George Lucas and then they already had Marvel too. It was just a matter of getting individual characters so that they could put them in the universe. Um, they grabbed on the two significant franchises that people wanted to see continue. And so I think with that, Disney just, they ran the bar with that. And, and I'm like, okay, they did that. They, they, they're still running the bar with that. And I don't know, like, and we've had that conversation a lot of times too. Like when, when is that drop off going to happen where people are like, okay, superheroes and all that is no longer the coolest thing, but 
we've we've already come to that conclusion that with Marvel, I think that now that people have been exposed to Marvel uh, and superheroes have taken over every genre. I mean, you just look all over there's superhero properties everywhere coming to life. I think the superhero genre is here to stay in the long term, as long as studios are innovating and continuing to push out brand new things, like I said. And 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 I can't lie, every and, and and I'm not trying, I'm not going into that conversation, but every studio who has a superhero property down to the streaming services has been excellent in innovating and bringing in streams, views with the properties that they have, except Warner Brothers. Um, and I'll get to that later. But as far as a company who would rival Disney, because because we look at it according to the numbers.com, these are the updated numbers. Because for, and to your point, for 2018, 2019, those years, we could talk about uh, 2008 all the way to now. No one. It's just Disney in first place for the past decade. So we got that down packed. We got, and they don't even, on the list, they don't even, I'm, even though Marvel Studios is under Disney, Marvel Studios is, is considered its own entity. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's Disney, but we can we'll say it's Disney because it is. You know who brings? Yeah, them? they own them. They own them. And that's Disney. So, um, so if we're talking about currently in the last ten years, then Disney, and no one's come close to that. Thankfully, we've had a lot of great variety in the in the movie business. Still, all the different franchises have been popping. You know what I'm saying? Thank God for that. But it's normally been Disney in first place. And there's no shame in that because everyone loves superheroes and Marvel, of course. Um, now, let me switch over to the all time because this list is unbelievable. And I hate I hate that it's even like that to it, it, the notion that. OK, so top 10 off the bat, um, the numbers dot com where data and movie business meet. Shout out to those guys. Top production companies with the highest grossing uh, productions and highest box office numbers of all time. Number one, Warner Brothers. Number two, Universal. Number three, Columbia. Number four, Walt Disney. Number five, Paramount. Six, Marvel Studios. 20th Century Fox, which we can now put that under Disney. Relatively Media at seven. New Line at eight. DreamWorks nine. Legendary at ten. Which we can throw that under Warner Brothers because they 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 get what Warner. Brothers Do you are. realize Disney owns? I mean, obviously they Disney is Disney, but they DreamWork, own DreamWorks and Marvel Studios are in the top ten. Yeah, but but and here's but here's the thing here's yeah that's it's crazy. Here's the caveat though. When when I told you on Snap that this thing is dependent because when I normally don't go by box office numbers, because we could look at these numbers and be like, as of right now, there's no way that you could tell me Warner brothers is the highest grossing of all time. Not with the BS that they've been putting out. Well, you know? let me clarify real briefly, just this conversation. I'm not talking about all time or in the past. I'm talking about moving. Disney is in Disney is the uh, I look at it like this right now. Disney is the Michael Jordan Bulls when it comes to franchises and the box office. I mean, let's just call it what it is, man. That's what they are. You know, you look at these numbers. They don't lie. Like we talk about the subjective parts of movies all the time, like personal taste. But stuff like this, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize it was this bad. And Eric, just listen to this. I mean, this is stuff they own. So you tell me who can compete with it, like. I'm looking at it. They own ABC. They own ESPN. 
FX, so that means they also they own Fox, so that means they own it, FS1 oh, as well. So they, they have own, all, shows. They, they own almost a complete monopoly on sports entertainment, and they own ABC, and they own you know National Geographic. They own. I mean, gee, like this list is endless. Yeah. This right here says that Disney has two hundred and two billion dollars worth of net worth in assets. So, but I mean, I guess for the sake of this conversation, we can keep it to just film and TV shows. Yeah, because we because so, we know how much these companies own. Disney, everyone, they all got so many hands in so many different pies. So yeah. to so to answer your question, so we're keeping it to moving forward. That's yeah. what, oh, okay then. Well, moving forward, I and this is just all based off me because our generation, sadly, and I hate saying this about our generation of moviegoers, our generation of moviegoers is all about what is in the pop culture moment for now. They're all about what's trending now, what is popular right now and so that's that 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 is my god's honest concern when we look at the next 10 15 years of, of you know saying right like, i told you this in private i said i don't want my son looking at me you know um i don't want my kid looking at me 10 years down the line you know the same way that i look at um Sorry about my live connection, guys. I so I apologize. Um, I don't want my son looking at me 10 years down the line and asking me, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's so old school. In the same way that my dad used to show me Queen movies and classic muscle cars and all the things, you know, the old jazz, Sinatra, big band, all that kind of stuff. And the same way that I looked at him and been like, oh, you know, well, that was back in his day. You know, and of course we have things now, properties, especially movies that are eternal. They will never go away. Go to Star Wars. The MCU is definitely there. You know what I'm, I'll be God doggone and I'll be pissed if that happens. If, and this is the final answer. If, if people aren't microwave about things in this next 10 to 15 years and they keep and DC and all these, all the momentum we made alive, then I don't see, I don't see any, as long as Disney's innovating, because if we're looking at the actions that are setting up for the next 10 or 15 years, we've seen, Marvel's already told us what they're doing for the next 10 or 15 years. They put it in one video. We're glad to have you back in the movies. We're going to continue. Here are, here are our shows that we've got lined up for you for Marvel. Here's what we got coming to you for Star Wars. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what we're going to do for the next 10 or 15 years. We've right. seen the of uh, Universal. Universal's like, hey, we probably got like one or two more Fast and Furious is coming out. We got a spinoff coming for it. We got the monster. Uh, well, not not the Monsterverse, but we got a couple other projects coming up. We got Mission Impossible. We got so much for you guys. And I'm like, OK, I can rock with that. I appreciate that. We know what you're doing. Then we get to Paramount. Paramount's got some great stuff. Um Warner Brothers, outside of the MonsterVerse, I really don't see what else they're doing right now. We're not. I'm not going to get into that whole DC thing because we already know where we stand on that, and I'm not making any more excuses for them. I'm damn near sick of them. So, like, 
we know what people, what these studios are going to do for the next 10 years. And if everyone keeps that alive, then I don't see anyone possibly, I don't see anyone outdoing, um, outdoing Marvel Studios or DC. I mean, Marvel Studios or Disney, as long as they're, they keep innovating with Star Wars and, and Marvel, I don't see it happening in the next 10 or 15 years because I don't think that I'm just saying with the movement of things that have gone on these past 10 or 15 years, the way we came out in droves to support these movies, I don't like that's not something that you just, oh, well, I liked the MCU when I was a kid. But now that I'm grown, you know what I'm saying? It's not as no. This isn't that. It's not like wrestling where like, oh, I was cool with wrestling at one point. Now that I'm a 30-year-old man, I don't mess with wrestling anymore. Mm-mm. This ain't that. This is like, wow, I experienced this as a kid, and now it's generational. Now I want to pass it down to my kid, and now my kid's going to have it after him. That's what. That's the territory that I think marvel the mcu has is, is is in right now that's what i think and of course we talk about the cla- the disney classic movies those aren't going anywhere those are generational you pass those down star wars isn't going anywhere right generational you know what i'm saying all these other properties like lord of the rings and we can go on those are generational those aren't just popular for the moment and i don't think the mcu is either so um I don't see the MCU. I don't see Disney going anywhere anytime soon. As long as they keep doing what they're doing, it's going to be an awesome next 10 or 15 years. And I think that they're going to continue to innovate and it's going to stay with us. Cause I want to introduce this to my son. I want to put Asher on star Wars. I want to put Asher on uh, Marvel. I'm going to put him on DC. If Warner brothers stops fucking around, like, you know, so, I mean, there's it's so much, bro. So that's my final answer. I don't, I don't see anybody catching up with them unless someone comes out with a super hot property franchise that just blows up i don't see it coming i don't see it happening well i mean i i would agree with you that i don't see anybody doing it for the foreseeable future but you know back when kevin durant played for the warriors there was always that conversation about we know that nobody is going to beat that team knew that if katie Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie, katie steph clay and draymond were healthy that's just too yeah. much. Nobody's going to beat that. I don't care who you are, right? Right. But sometimes ESPN being ESPN, you know, <laughs> you can't you, you can't just say, oh, the season's over because, you know, then you lose – people will lose interest in the season. You got to find a way to, to, make it, it to make it sound like someone else has a chance, even though you know good and damn well no one does. No and one I, going, man, right. And I feel like that's where we're at with Disney. I really do. That's where I, I feel like we're at because, I mean, I'm looking now. The, the, the question more so is I feel like there's only one of two movie companies that Disney even looks at a second time. I don't think Disney sweats either of them because they're just outdoing everybody. But yeah. I think I think Sony and I believe it or not, I, 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 I really want to say that Warner Brothers can find a way to mm. sort of stay relevant. Nah. Um, I mean, Eric, I, God, man, you know, is, I want to believe it. You know what I mean? I want to, too. But I like, got to tell you, man, even for, I'm in so many groups, um, 
on Facebook that have to deal with uh, uh with Batman because that's my favorite character. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, man, I'm nervous because I don't think I've ever seen such little hype for a Batman movie as I have seen with this Robert Pattinson one. I don't think I've ever seen it. You know, right. I, I I mean, I I read the comment. I was reading some of the YouTube comments of the trailer, mm-hmm. and I read so many that sounded like, "Yeah, it looks cool, but how many Batman movies are we?" Right. I mean, I think I told you the other day, there's currently three people right now that are going to play Batman in the next two years. Three. Right. People. Robert Pattinson, Michael Keaton, and Ben Affleck. I, I mean, that's just... Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about how Warner Brothers is really getting Batmaned out, but yeah. the reason I say Warner Brothers is because... They still have, I mean, e- even though the DCU has not been what we had hoped it would be, putting it nicely, uh, mm-hmm. they still have those characters. You know what I mean? Like, they're still there. Like, I really want to believe, and you know, this is kind of where I'm at now, Eric. You, you tell me if I'm just purposefully deluding myself. But yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to believe that the Flashpoint movie is going to somehow lay a new foundation for which to build on. I'm, it, I'm, huh? You're, you're, you're not being deluded at all. You're not. Cause it is. Okay. Cause like, I remember the, the podcast when I told you that, um, that Michael Keaton was going to be on there and you didn't know, and you got hyped as heck. And I loved it. I loved it. Oh, dude! So, I about dude. That's my guy. I told you today. Keaton and Bale, they are equally my favorite. Yeah, them your people. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. So, so your excitement for that project is absolutely warranted. And also to add to that, Warner Media and Discovery have merged. So now they're not Warner Brothers anymore. They're Warner Discovery, and then they're and they're cleaning house of the with all this other stuff going on. So we don't know what's going on. We have hope that they could restore the Snyderverse, or, but I don't see that happening. Not Me neither. Me neither. And Flashpoint. That's not being negative at all. It's just, it's just real. And so, um, no, you're not being deluded at all, bro. But I don't think one, and here's, here's, here's the major difference. Here's why. This is on both a money side and on a creative side. When we look at, universal pictures and and we look at columbia and we look at walt disney and we look at paramount who's seeing tremendous success with the quiet place franchise right now marvel studios um new line relative even some of the smaller ones like new line relatively you know all that disney pixar amblin uh all those the key difference between all of those that i just named and warner brothers is that they don't have any insecurity. They have no issue when it comes to risk and reward. You feel what I'm saying? When Roadshow decided, hey, we're about to hit it with John Wick, that was a sleeper. That was a real sleeper. I didn't know it was going to be that good, and now it's one of the most classic, iconic action franchises and characters of all time. The risk for me, for the studios... You know what I'm saying? 
the amount of trust that um, I believe is Paramount. Yeah, Paramount slash with in association with Bad Robot, the amount of trust that they put in Tom Cruise to carry the the Mission Impossible franchise and balling with it. You know what I'm saying? The way he does. Trust, risk, knowing what your fans want to see and taking a risk on it. That's what all these studios have, including Marvel, because Robert Downey Jr. wasn't on his best leg at a a point in his life. And he got himself together. Mel Gibson encouraged him. He got himself together, landed Iron Man, and then the rest was history. I don't even got to explain that. So, and that was a risk. That was a big risk but it was a risk that paid off and Disney did not look back. They didn't look back since Marvel didn't has not looked back since and they continue to take risk and they continue even at the hints of people not liking it. Like, even if I don't like Thor Ragnarok, you know what I'm saying? Disney took a risk with that. At least they tried it and people like it. So shoot. Hey, risky move to have Peter Parker not be so independent but to yet have him sort of in a son father figure sort of role with Iron Man, that was a risky move. But hey, it's one that paid off because people love Tom Holland Spider Man, and he is one dope Spider Man. So for me, it's the risk. That's what's going to separate the next ten or fifteen years. It's risk, and you know, I'm and Warner Brothers is just the only company right now, and at a time. That's why they're they're number one on all time lists. At a time, there was a point where Warner Brothers was that studio that was like, you know what? This is a great project. We're going to do it. And it was awesome. And it made a hell of a lot of money. Warner Brothers has hella classics throughout cinema history. Hella classics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when it came down, and, and, and that's complacency on top. When you're on top, you don't really think about switching or trying to do it until someone's already passed you up. And when Disney slash Marvel Studios took the reins at the turn of the mid 2000s leading into now, Warner Brothers was complacent. What? They were like, wait a minute. Hold on. You know what I'm saying? They weren't innovating. They weren't trying to do anything like that. And they let complacency and not risking everything sneak up on. And it bit them in the butt. And Disney came up quick. No one would have ever thought that Marvel Studios would be the biggest this past 10 or 15 years. But it is. And that's because of risk. And when you stop taking risk, you get complacent. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and this is just, this is facts right here for what it is. Warner Brothers, as far as DC goes, because DC, I mean, when you when you're scared to take risks, what do you do, Evan? You go back to doing what is safe, what you do the best. And will I say it's the best right now? I don't think a solo Batman movie right now is the best ordeal. It's not. You know what I'm saying? They can't go back to that formula. They got to branch out. But everything they try to branch out on that's different, they end up cutting it off because they're scared. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you guys almost... God forbid you guys almost cut Joker off. You guys almost told Todd Phillips no to the Joker. Like, God have mercy. You can't do that. You guys cut the arm off of every single unique thing that you try to do. Right. But you expect people to be excited for the same stuff you've been doing. And this is, and I know you're going to agree with this. This is Halifax. 
there is no way there like maybe in a dream world if they actually let ben affleck get his solo batman movie back and do a trilogy or something maybe but other than that there is no world that i see in which warner brothers will ever do another batman trilogy that will come close to christopher nolan's dark knight trilogy oh nobody's gonna make a trilogy that good for any time soon i don't give a damn what hero it is no time soon no, n- so, no, no offense to the Captain America fans out there. That's I'm sorry. Right. So, so I'm I'm thinking in the head of an executive right now. If they think that going back to a solo Batman led DC slate is going to solve their problems, they are dead wrong. They are dead wrong. And this is not. And let me clarify this because I'm not because, you know, I'm a Snyder fanboy. I'm it's not even funny anymore. I'm not even trying to make it about Zack Snyder. But when you have every single Instagram post that you post and under the comments, they're like, when is Snyder coming back? We need Justice League part two and three. What are you guys doing? When are we going to restore that? When you got that happening on every single post, no matter what you post, except for Black Adam, because Black Adam's awesome. I'm, I'm actually genuinely excited for that. But other than that, when it's every single post and you're ignoring it, we got no action like something, I guarantee you what, even a compromise will be great. We'll just be glad to have Zach in as a producer on something. Because obviously, you just watched J.O. Obviously, it's the highest grossing project on HBO Max. What else is there to talk about? Because in, in 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 our world, when we watch movies as fans, normally when somebody likes that movie, that means a sequel is pretty much guaranteed after it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but, you know, that's a whole nother hole that, you know, Warner Brothers had themselves. And so I'm not going to get into that. But you get you get my gist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? All these other companies, they listen. They listen. And if you're a really excellent company, <coughs> Disney, your fans don't even have to ask you. Well, I didn't even, I didn't even have to ask. Let, let, let me stop you for a second because there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So, but let, let me start by saying, because you said a lot, and I agree with the overwhelming bulk of it. I definitely agree with Solo Batman has been, you know, the, Warner Bro- when you think about it, man, Warner Brothers has been doing that since my, uh, since Tim Burton. Since the 80s, bro. That's really what it is. Because, I mean, yes, the Christopher Nolan movie, or not Christopher Nolan, the Christopher Reeves Superman movies, those were big. Those were cool. They were. But, but man, the, the Michael Keaton Batman, that was just a phenomenon that just changed everybody's perception of what a superhero film could be. It took and, over the culture. And then, of course, after that, they ran Batman into the ground with the Joel Schumacher disaster after disaster films. Jesus. And, I, mean, and I don't, you know, there's, a, let me say real briefly, I, I hate saying this because Schumacher's dead, but everybody's talking about the Schumacher cut, which is supposed to be way darker. Look, I after, I, after, I look, after, and I call such bullshit that Joel Schumacher made a darker Batman movie. Like, darker how? Like, just because Snyder... I I swear, I feel like Snyder got his cut, and now every single director is trying to to ride his nuts and jump on that by saying, oh, well, Snyder got a second chance. Hey, could I get one of those too? 
could I get one of those, please? You know, then you had, there was that whole David Ayer cut thing. And then David even said on Twitter, no, there's not a version of my film with a bunch of Joker scenes in, in, in a vault hidden somewhere. I'm like, y'all, just because this one thing happened with Snyder doesn't mean that every single bad Warner Brothers movie was because Warner Brothers screwed it up. I mean, <laughs> but damn. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. But, you know, and then, it, of course, Nolan came around. And, and people, I, I understand I bring this up all the time. And I actually had this conversation on Facebook today. It was somebody talking about, God, like, why do DC fans bring feel the need to interject the Dark Knight into every conversation? Because that's all we have. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's the bar. That's about all I've got. Whenever so, people start talking about Marvel's greatest achievement, they can talk about the entire MCU. They've right. got a shit ton of films to pick from. I look at the DC film franchise. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with The Dark Knight, but hey, I'm not going to get fired up on this one, but... <laughs> I, feel, I feel your pain. I feel you. But my point being... Yeah, you rode Batman's coattail for this long, but now with Marvel, you could do that for so long because Marvel was kind of doing the same thing. You know, it was basic. The year 2000 through 2008 can basically be summed up as Batman versus Spider Man. That's basically what you had. You had the okay. Tobey Maguire Spider Man films, followed by the, uh, the, the, uh, the, a bail batman movies those are like your two biggest franchises but yeah. then marvel was like you know what let's really branch out uh dc for whatever reason they've struggled figuring that one out right we can't go back to solo batman because marvel's just doing way too much and as much as i love batman i i'm sorry like at what point do we just say we're batmaned out now the part that i sort of I agree with parts of it, but when you talk about Disney and risk, let me. I think that there's an argument to be made from a structure standpoint and what they were trying to do in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. The MCU was a risk. But in terms of phase one MCU in and of itself, all of those films, what was it? Iron Man, Thor, Cap, and Hulk. Iron Man 2, Captain America 1, uh, and then Iron Man 2, and then uh, The Avengers. Yeah. Every single one of those films, and you correct me if I'm wrong, were basic, they were good films, great films, all-time classics, but they yeah. were pretty much standard paint-by-numbers superhero films. They were all origins. They were all origin Yeah, films. It, it, it was standard... You know, you kind of knew what to expect going in. Like, this is Thor. Thor's going to fight and beat Loki. This is Captain America. He's going to fight and, and beat his villain. Hulk's going to beat his villain. You know, it's the same. You know, when people talk about, you know, we, we talk about the time about the quote-unquote MCU formula. And I agree that was a formula. That lighthearted everything paint by numbers. So I don't think there was any risk involved really in the writing of those films because th those films, there was nothing controversial about them. There was nothing overly um, well, intense about them. They were, you know, family-friendly films, all of them. 
you know, fun for the whole family. That was phase one. So there was, I would say there was really no risk in terms of the, uh, the writing of it. Now, mm-hmm. once Avengers made a billion dollars, the game changed for them because now you've built something that's got a lot of momentum. Now yeah. you've put yourself in a position where you can afford to take risks because now you've built up such hype. If a project flops, so what? You've got yeah. this other one you can rebound from. You've built that cred. It's like Nick Saban in Alabama. Whenever Nick Saban got his ass handed to him, and I'm man enough to admit it, when he got his ass handed in the national title game, no Bama fan called for his job. Nobody said, let's fire Nick Saban. Why? Because the cred that man had built up unto that point was such, we all said, you know what, Nick, we wish we would have won the game, but you know what, man, you're still the GOAT. We still love you, you know. And we've won, you know, a national title since then. But that's neither here nor there. So, right. <laughs> uh, it's a great analogy, though. It's oh, awesome. It, re- it really is. But like, and and uh, Matt had made this point on an on an earlier podcast when we were talking about Wandavision, and I right. talked about the uniqueness of the how there, there's really never been a series like Wandavision where. Mm. You have to wait like three whole episodes to even understand what the hell is going on. Yeah. I remember they released the first two episodes, and I'm thinking, I, what is this? What mm. am I watching? Like, right. well, who's the villain? Where is it going? But they could take if Disney would have kicked off the MCU with something like WandaVision, it would have flopped. It would have absolutely flopped because there's no cred there. People would have been like, what the hell is this? Only diehard Marvel fans who knew who they were would have started off with that. Disney has reached a point where they can afford shit. It would have taken Winter Soldier, uh, uh, WandaVision, and Loki failing miserably, which none of them have, for, uh, for us to even have a conversation about the MCU losing momentum. But see, we've talked about this before, and I feel like this is the best way I can word it. The DC Cinematic Universe started behind the eight ball on this one. They just did. I mean, for them to call it that, now I agree in the mind of Zack Snyder, he's not competing with Disney. He's just trying to make good products, and I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. So, but... You calling it the DCU, Warner Brothers? We all knew what that meant. That was yeah. Mm-hmm. That was your response to what Disney did. Yeah. Cuz Warner Brothers realized, dude, Disney has, you know, just pulled ahead of us. We got to do something. Right. Now, we got to get in that bag. Yeah. And so the DCU actually was the one that in my opinion tried to start off with great risk. They're the one, you know, there's really no risk watching Iron Man, Thor, or Captain America standard paint-by-number movies. Man of Steel. I mean, Henry Cobble was divisive for a lot of people because it's like, wait a minute, when did Superman stop smiling? When did this happen? And then, of course, BVS came out, and it's like, wait a minute, now Batman is sad all the time? And Superman's equally depressed? What the hell? 
for a lot now. I for a actually, lot of people. Yeah, for yeah. a lot of people. I'm not you know trying to say anything negative about Snyder, but I'm just saying DCU, they started off with risk. And in their case, the risk, yeah. I mean, it's... It's still up for debate. What would have, what if, you know, that we've always said it's the great what if question if they would have stuck to their guns uh, yeah. with, with Snyder or at least when Snyder left. Because my view has always been Snyder. Some stories that say Snyder was fired, some say he quit. My belief, because with what he went through, who could blame the guy? I would have right. quit. Everybody, like, there would have been absolutely no shame with that, and I would have whooped the ass of anybody who said anything to Snyder if he quit, all right? But, you know, at the very least, Warner Brothers could have brought in somebody who would have finished the job. Or maybe not even finished the job, but somebody who wouldn't do a complete 180. You know what I mean? And that And I'm going to throw Christopher Nolan's name in that hat. I know that Nolan is not a CGI master like most are, but Nolan would have been able, he would have had the respect for Snyder to be like, look, he's already wrote this script. I'm going to. Yeah. I I feel like Nolan would have said that. Don't you agree? Yeah. Nolan would have finished. He would have finished the script, done it Snyder's way. And he would have sprinkled the sauce in uh, sprinkle some Nolan sauce on it, and it still would have been awesome. That would have been so respectable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And but, and I'll go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I said all that to say this. So when it comes to risk, I get where you're coming from, but the thing was, they had to build up cred before they could start taking the risks they do now. They had to build up cred, and DC, I, I you know, Warner Brothers, they took a risk right off the bat yeah and panicked um and and you know what bro hmm. good and And to to you i'm sorry i I was just gonna say this right i totally agree with you and to add to that i would even go so far as to say this because you did point out something that was so profound and correct from a creator standpoint there was no competition to be had but from an executive standpoint oh, Disney just pulled out the bag. We got to go. We got to get it done, you know? Well, I mean, I think the the rivalry and the competition of Marvel and DC is always going to be there with fans, too. So I think there was even a competition amongst fans. Now, we can go back and forth on if that's ridiculous or not, but it's there. I'm talking about the business standpoint, the money. Oh, yeah. And, And I think if... And because, and now now it's all well documented. It's well documented that there was creative beef between Zach and Warner Brothers from the get go. My, I'll, I'll pose this to you. I'll, and this is a bold claim. I, I hope nobody gets mad at me. If Warner Brothers was looking to compete, to catch up, to try to make Disney look back. I think that they and 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 this go because had they not hired Zach, I'm so thankful they did because had they not done that, we wouldn't have MOS, BVS, Wonder Woman. We wouldn't have the masterpiece Zack Snyder's Justice League. We wouldn't have any of that. So thank thank God they did. But if they wanted to compete, they should have hired somebody else. 
And that's bold for me to say. Like, if you were looking for someone who was going to bend over to your every creative whim, if you were looking for someone to to say, to tell them what they could and couldn't do, if you were looking for someone that wasn't going to branch out as far and be divisive or be risky like Zach is, because that's just kind of director he is and he's incredible at that. No one in the game can do it like that. You should have got somebody else. That's what I believe you should have got. If you weren't going to respond in a way that says, well, here at Warner Brothers and here at DC, we have our own unique heroes and we're going to do them the way that we know how to do them. You okay? Zach was the right guy for that. But obviously that wasn't the mentality. If your mindset, which now we know that's what it was, if your mindset as an executive was, we got to compete with Marvel, we need to hurry up and put something out there you should have hired somebody else. I think that's what they should have done. And oh, not, not, not even Nolan. Don't you come to Nolan talking about you want him to make a cinematic universe and you're going to put handcuffs on his creative control. And oh, no, 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 no. Not you on the modern day Kubrick. You don't do that. No, you don't disrespect. You disrespected Zach doing that. But if you think that Chris was going to go for that, no, sir. You know what's funny? Strikes me as just like the nicest down to earth guy on the planet. He really does. Like every time I watch the guy in interviews, he's always smiling. Like he just seems like the coolest dude out there. He really does. And I feel like he might, he might even be too nice for his own good sometimes. Oh, Uh, oh, oh, make no mistake. When, when he wanted to let Warner brothers know something he did, but at the same, but at the same time, when it's so much money involved, like, the higher you get, like, and, and this is this is why I'm so glad that there are streaming platforms and Netflix and Amazon and people and things right. like that, because you can do that kind of stuff. You can branch out and be as risky as you want to. And and lo and behold, Army of the Dead, a concept movie that Warner Brothers shot down because they said it was ridiculous, is now the number one movie at Netflix and worldwide, you know, so it's just so much money involved and so many politics involved and branding involved with big budget films like that in Hollywood that you really can't even like, I hate to say it, like may not, not, not to that point, but like, it depends on what you're dealing with. I don't even think you can, you're allowed to be that creative anymore. Like, because it's just so much money involved. It's just like, Oh yeah. Well, if you're not going to let me do that, you know, I mean, oh, well. And that's why, that's why, and and like I said, what Marvel did with Disney, that's their own unique thing. They made that. They did that. Oh, yeah. So it's going to work for them all the way. But if you're not coming from a place of originality, if you're coming from a mindset as an executive that you got to catch up and copy, it's never going to work. Amazon's not doing that right now. They're not. They're, they're two for two. They're two for two with superhero shows that are bloody and grimy and absolutely raw with the boys and then invincible, which just got greenlit for like another few seasons. So you think Amazon's sweating right now? No. Netflix sure as hell isn't sweating right now. They're doing their own thing. They're doing what they want to do. And they're making hella money off of it. So, I mean, if, if you, if you're out here to compete and just copycat, don't hire unique directors who are visionaries to do that. Don't hire oh, Zack Snyder yeah. if you want to do that. Don't hire Christopher Nolan if you want to copy. Don't do none of that. Yeah. Don't 
that's any director that you love, any legendary director that you put love on, don't do it. Don't don't call Martin Scorsese if you want him to try to copy some. Don't do that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you and, think anybody would have called Kubrick back in the day to copy something? <laughs> Hell no. Boy, what? But disrespect, disrespect Kubrick or Scorsese like that. If Kubrick you... wouldn't have even have picked up the phone. And if he would have picked up the phone, you you would have got the word copy out of your mouth. And then he wouldn't have even said anything. Just that sound you hear whenever a phone hangs up on you. But, right. you know, to, yeah. to, kind, to kind of wrap this up and, and, and tie this all together, you know, I, I to answer the initial question, I am going to say the franchise is the one that is poised best to beat or not beat but to get to a place competition at the box office i still think just because of the properties that they own it's got to be warner brothers because you still have batman all these other characters that if used correctly will be humongous humongous box office draws and Eric, you remember when I told you that we, we were we were doing a podcast getting ready for the Snyder Cut, and I said the only caveat about why I'm not as excited as I could be is I really wish I could be watching Dark Side on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And damn, when I saw that scene for real, I about cried thinking about it. Like the emotions I would have felt being in a, th- a packed theater with a bunch of fellow geeks seeing Dark Side show up. Like that moment would have been huge would have made you piss your pants oh god yeah dude that would have been like the equivalent to darth vader showing up in rogue one i mean that scene at the end oh my god you're talking about pissing my pants that and and luke skywalker and the mandalorian if disney knows nothing else they know how for somebody to make a damn good entrance right and you know just i I still think man but that entrance for Thor and Wakanda in Infinity War, I still think that's the greatest entrance for anybody I've ever seen. I'll never forget that moment because it was just like, oh, no, the Avengers are starting to lose. What's going to happen? And then that beam comes down, that axe comes out, takes down half the army. I'm like, oh, oh, shit, here we go. God, man. I need to watch Infinity War as soon as we're done with this, man. That is such a damn good movie. But... (laughs) It is. It is. But yeah, I still believe it's Warner Brothers, man. And, and you know, and to to, to end to my, my final thought, you know, just to respond to a little bit about what you said about copying, it, it has been proven so many times throughout history that the a copy will almost always underperform the original. It You're just right. will. It's always been the only exceptions to this rule is when the latter is not a true copycat and actually offers something that the former isn't giving you. Like you take, all right, let me use this analogy. Look at the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Okay, the Beatles came out a little bit before the Stones did. When the Stones came out, the Beatles were already the biggest name on the planet. Now, you kind of had the same makeup, you know, okay, we got these four British dudes. Right. Mm. And they're going to, you know, they sing these old timey songs, but where, but where the Beatles had kind of the, we wear bowl cuts and suits on stage and we just kind of stand here and don't really move much. The Rolling Stones, they had sort of a similar sound, but you have Mick Jagger running up and down the stage, thrusting his pelvis at ladies 
and it was like, oh my god, like this, with, like with put put hair and everything, just yeah, like, put the kids to sleep. This is just like hide your girlfriends from Mick Jagger. Like this is just what is. It? But see, even though the the Stones were a rock band, just like the Beatles were a rock band, they are both. Both of them are immortalized and rock forever. And they were able to coexist for the simple fact of, yes, the Beatles were a rock band. The Stones were a rock band. Mm. There, was a, there was a little bit of copying back and forth both ways. But yeah. a, a Beatles show was absolutely unlike anything you could ever see. The Beatles. What you saw at a Beatles show, you could only show. In the same way, the Rolling Stones, you could only see the Rolling Stones, like things at a Rolling Stones show at a Rolling Stones show. You know, and yeah. you, you can even throw bands like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd in there. Legendary rock groups, all rock bands, all able to coexist, all equally amazing shows. But they were all different. They all had their own thing. They all had their own niche that you couldn't copy. Pink Floyd had the theatrics on stage and the real somber music and the, just the the almost haunting melodies. Zeppelin had Robert Plant's voice and maybe the best guitar player of all time and Jimmy Page. But I say all that to say, like, see, you had a chance there, in my opinion, there was a market for a DC cinematic universe. And I remember watching the DCAU thinking, damn, this is perfect. And it it's nothing like the MCU. Because the, the DCAU is like the beginning is actually the end. And you have to see that. Like, it all gets looped around. Yeah. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's nothing like the MCU. But right. Warner Brothers, man, they made the worst decision possible. When Zack Snyder left, it is my belief. This is how I see it. Mm -hmm. My belief is that when Zack Snyder either left or got fired, whichever story, I believe Joss Whedon was able to come in and convince Warner Brothers that his way was the best way. I believe he went in there and said, look at my box office numbers for Avengers 1 and 2. Look what I did. Look at these critic reviews. People love me. Let me do my thing. And Warner Brothers said, okay. Now, in theory, from an executive standpoint, that makes sense. But what's the problem? You have carbon copied something that already exists, yeah. and people called you out on your bullshit. Yeah. And I, we and people I, had to beg and plead, as you would say in your legendary rant, for three fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, to get it. And it's just it's I, I think about it and like Warner Brothers, you had the chance. You really had the chance. Yeah. But I believe that they have for right now, man, you've really just screwed yourself. Yeah. And you really have. Because here we are again. We're going to reboot again. We're rebooting, reboot, reboot. How yeah. many reboots do you need? Do you Here's need? my final analogy before I pass it off to you. 
this analogy may be the best one I've ever come up with. Yeah. You know how DC is run? DC is run like the University of Texas and the MCU is run like Alabama. Alabama yeah. got their guy in 2007 with Nick Saban. He had a horrible year in 2007. They stuck with him. Rest is history. Yeah. Six rings, baby. The Texas Longhorns, a once prestigious program, look at the amount of coaches they have fired. They give coaches like two years, and if you're not in the Big Ten Championship, they fire your ass. Right. So you don't even really give a coach enough time to recruit his own team and get his own thing together. You're like, no, you're going to beat Oklahoma now, even though Oklahoma's already got their guy in Lincoln Riley. So you got to get your guy. So that's the – I go back to this again. I said it on the last podcast. I'm going to say it again on this podcast, and I'm going to say it until I am blue in the face or buried six feet under. D.C. needs its Kevin Feige in the worst way. It needs its Kevin Feige to oversee this. And yeah. right because right now, man, there's no leader. Everybody in D.C. is just throwing shit at a wall and praying to whatever God they believe in that something sticks. Something Whereas Marvel... Marvel has said, Kevin Feige, oversee all this, make sure people are doing their jobs. And he said, okay. And him being the lover of Marvel that he is, he cares, and it shows. I pass it off to you. I agree, bro. I could not agree with you more. And I know I disagree in my final thoughts. I know I disagree with you last time when you brought up that analogy of Kevin Feige, I mean, of uh, Joss Whedon and what he bought to the room at Warner Brothers. But now I agree with you now that I see it, you know, for the record. Yeah. Zach walked off. He left because he couldn't deal with that. And so, yeah, I absolutely believe you. I believe that Joss walked in there, said, look at what I did with Avengers one and two. And, you know, hey. And so Warner Brothers was like, yep, that's what we want. We need you to replicate what you did at Marvel. Whatever you did at Marvel, we need you to do it with DC. And it failed miserably. It failed mm-hmm. And people called him out on it. And so in that, you're absolutely right, 100%. I also agree with you that DC does need this Kevin Feige. And and for, and for I know people, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear it, but, I mean, everyone's calling for Zach, whether you're a Snyder fan or not. Everyone's calling for Zach to be back because, and this is no indication of the conversation that we had on whether ZSJL would have been received differently at that time had it would have been dropped sooner or not that's no indication on that but just looking at justice league alone just seeing the reaction to it the 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 pop culture world's reaction to it the celebrity reaction to it the fans reaction to it just the four hours of bliss from dc that we got when zach dropped that i mean wouldn't you want more of it you know what i'm saying wouldn't you want more of it and so I think I think Zach is that Kevin Feige. He is that figure. And maybe it was just too soon to tell. That's my opinion. I don't know. But as of right now, from what I'm seeing from the pop culture world and from the DC world, it is. Because no one can sit here with a straight face and look at uh, Justice League and be like, they don't want more of that. Or they don't want a Batflex solo movie. Or you know, a Wonder Woman movie or any of that. No one can sit there and say that. So 
there's a lot going on with Warner Brothers, the mix up with the merger now with Discovery. So leadership's being moved. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. But um, as of right now, I believe that me personally, I believe Zach was that that figure. And we and now it's been proven that he was that figure for D.C. And now he's out the door. And you're not going to ask Chris Nolan to do it because Chris is not about nah, to No, he it. left your ass too. So congratulations, Warner Brothers. You lost right. both of them. You lost both of them. Um, the Rock is over here claiming that um, on Instagram that every time he posts something DC that he's about to shake up the DC hierarchy. If you want Dwayne Johnson to be your figure for changing up the DC hierarchy, good luck with that. Okay. Maybe it might work. I'm still excited for Black Adam because I love the rock guy. But um, I don't know, man. We're just we're just gonna have to wait and see. You got a whole flash re of flash reboot, aka a soft reboot of the whole universe. So we will. It's something that we just gonna have to wait and see on. If I, hey, I think we'll know a lot more. Look, here's my thing. My confidence is gonna be made or break made or broken on this Suicide Squad film. Mm. If it's if it sucks, I'm out. Because yeah. I saw the trailer and I remember watching it the, the I watched the red band trailer and I and I was watching, you know, Killer Shark rip people in half. I saw right. the I saw the squad, you know, they're threatening to kill each other. You know that's the Suicide Squad. Not oh we're all friends. We're a family. What? Yeah. But, yeah, man. Overall, we'll just have to wait and see as always. We'll just have to wait and see as always, bro. Another three years. Wonder Brothers do something. <laughs> God dang it. We but, need man. that on a t-shirt. Three fucking years. Three fucking years. Yeah, we're, I'm actually gonna work on it. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna actually do that. Is that dude, Eric? That that was just J House history. That rant. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at this point, the the people that listen are used to hearing me go on profanity laced rants. I go on them all the time. You've yeah. always been sort of the more calm and collected one. So for you to just blow up like that, I was like, dang. Yeah, you hey hey, you brought the best out of me that night. You brought the best out of me. <laughs> right, man. This is a great. Yeah, this definitely was a great one. This was an absolute baller of a podcast. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Thanks everyone for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio. Shout out to Wednesday Pool, the Shazby Malik. Thank you for joining the IG Live. I appreciate y'all. Follow us on Instagram at jhouse underscore comics twitter at jhouse comics vero jhouse comics subscribe to our youtube channel at jhouse comics www.jhousecomics as well check out all the latest content including this podcast this is jhouse podcast radio we'll catch you guys later peace peace thank you for joining this has been another edition of jhouse radio